0: Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. The Cole Classic is one of Sydney's oldest and largest ocean swims. It has a storied history, and in 2020, ownership of the swim moved from Fairfax to Manly Surf Lifesaving Club, meaning essentially a whole new swim had to be organised. Simone Hill is a member of the Manly Surf Lifesaving Club and runs her own company, My Crew Travel. Simone coordinated the volunteers and logistics for the day and helped create a new community vibe around the event. I had a great chat to Simone about what it takes to organise an ocean swim.
1: Uh, my Crew Travel is my company, so I've got two small businesses, one's called My Crew Travel and one is Simone Hill Travel and Events.
0: So my true travel my crew travel came to organise mm-hmm. the Cold Classic this year.
1: Uh that's sort of right. Yeah, it's a voluntary capacity that I did it in as a member of Manning Life Saving Club. Uh, my business is predominantly travel and organizing for people traveling to yacht regatta's and then the event side of it would be more conferences, parties, events, those kind of things. And I've been running my own business for two years.
0: So okay. Yeah. The Cold Classic's like the biggest event in the ocean swimming calendar, probably. Uh, in terms of of people, Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: what does that involve logistically? How do you make the whole day run smoothly? Because it seemed to run pretty smoothly Mm. to me.
1: Yeah, it was a massive logistical event behind the scenes by all our members. Um, We were tasked with running it for the first time solely as a life-saving club when Fairfax released that event with a number of other events, um, including the City to Surf and the Sun Run, Uh, back in May. Um, So behind the scenes there were a number of negotiations going on and then I probably came on in about October to um, help motivate our members to volunteer to run the event. So Manly Lifesaving Club runs three big events each year and this year they align to all be three weekends in a row. Uh, The first event is called the Nipper Nats. So it's the Nipper event for uh, Nippers competing up to 14 years and that's from all over Australia that was held on a Sunday then we had the Manly Open Carnival which is a standard surf life-saving carnival for open competitors so up to 30 years that was the following mm-hmm. Saturday which was also the Australia Day long weekend and then the Cold Classic fell on the first Sunday in February as it usually does so it was um, an excellent effort by all our members to put in and help uh, on all three weekends so we had a a team. We have an event director, but my role specifically was just coordinating the volunteers.
0: So that must be pretty difficult. I mean, Fairfax is a pretty big, a big, big organisation.
1: Yeah, really, really different vibe. And I think the real um, energy around the event we were trying to go for was that it was a real community vibe and really positive event. Um, and try and keep everyone happy, and we want, obviously, everyone to come back. We were trying to grow the numbers, but probably more importantly, we wanted people to enjoy the event.
0: Did the numbers including
1: grow? Including our members, yeah. Uh, 3,500 swimmers, from my understanding, uh, which is as big as we've done there. I believe it may have been bigger back in the days when it wasn't one time.
0: So how do you start? To look at this, so Fairfax were organising it themselves. However, they did it and Mm -hmm. then handed it over to Manly Mm -hmm. Surf Life Saving Club. But there's, you know, there's there's course safety, there's logistics, there's timing, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So we had worked previously with them, but in the years that it had been run at Manly, but they were able to supply, obviously, you know, finances and funding and also some of their staff. But we had always supported them, so we had the contacts for the timing chip people, um, the Finnish arch people. We worked relatively closely with Northern Beaches Council and they did supply some, um, assisted with some of the logistics uh, and particularly the marketing because we were going from a basically zero database as opposed to Fairfax who have an incredibly large um, presence, um, a print media, online media, database, mailing list, etc., so that was probably the area that was the hardest for us to start from a ground zero. Um, as far as logistics, water safety, uh, we had taken care of that previously in the previous events in conjunction with Fairfax.
0: Okay. So I guess after I guess now mm. you're running it, your email list mm. must be quite big now.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're hoping to communicate with everyone. Uh, that we know that the date has already been set for next year, which once again will be the first Sunday in February and um, we'll be wanting to, yeah, grow the event and make sure people had a great um, experience and encourage their friends to come along Thanks. time.
0: And, and what's the vision for it, do you think? Do you want to get more people or do you want to bed down the people that already come? What do what you think? Yeah, well,
1: both. Like I said, it, it was really important to us that people felt it was a really, you know, family-friendly and a fun event more than a really super competitive event. Um, it's quite a diverse event because you've got the five, 5K swim, which is quite serious when who've sort of trained for it. And when they enter, they do need to prove that they've competed in similar events. Uh, then you've got the 2K swim, which I think would draw across most of sort of Sydney, New South Wales, regular ocean swimmers. And as you know, there's a pretty pretty packed calendar as the summer season rolls around where pretty much every weekend there is a swim on somewhere in Sydney or just out of Sydney. Um, and so we have to sort of find our spot. And I think most of those swimmers are doing 1.5 to 2K swims. But then we have the one case swim, just the one way from Shelley to Manly, and that really attracts a lot of people that have never done an ocean swim before. And that brings its own challenges because we do need a lot of water safety in the water at that end because people have literally never swum in the ocean or very infrequently. So they may have trained as part of a squad or it might be a fitness goal or it might be something to do with their gym. Um, you know, we're all familiar with some of the fundraising groups that do that kind of thing, and that's a real goal for a lot of people to do a A short ocean swim, and I think a lot of them start with that one. So, there's a lot of nervous energy at the beginning of the day. So, for our volunteers working in registrations um, and bag drop, you know, there's a lot of anxiety for a lot of people because they're not sure where they're supposed to be, they're not sure what time their wave is, they're not sure how long it's going to take to walk around, they don't want to walk around without their shoes, they want to know where the bathrooms are, etc., etc. So, you really have to manage that expectation for those people. And I really let all my volunteers know that, that people are going to be anxious and just to really be calm and, and really explain things carefully. But by the time they finish their swim, they're thrilled and they're excited and they want to tell everyone and they're just joyous and, you know, absolutely elated and they're much, you know, much easier to deal with or much more pleasant to interact with us.
0: <laughs> well, I, I remember my very first ocean swim was the Cold Classic 1K, 10 years yeah. ago, I think, so, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's because it's the one people know. It's it's got, yeah. it's got quite a lot of brand recognition.
1: Yeah, well, it's a combination of it being a name that people have known for a long time. I mean, I have some it when it was previously um, on the other side of Sydney, and obviously now that it's in Manly, but also Manly itself is such a destination that so many people have grown up with and known, and people in the country have come here and had holidays, or they had a grandparent living here, or they live in another part of Sydney, but taken the ferry, and it is, it's a great day out, you know, you can come for the morning and then stay and have lunch and enjoy all the old parts of Manly as well.
0: Yeah, so if you might mm. not want to answer this question, but did Fairfax give it to Manly for free? That's what I heard.
1: Yeah, that's my understanding. They didn't want to run it at all anymore and we wanted to keep running it. So we put our hand up to say that we would like to run that without there being any yeah financial transfer involved because obviously we're we're a volunteer club wouldn't have the money to buy an event
0: yeah. as such. Oh, well, that's amazing. Mm. Like, I'm just thinking of that, mm. of that brand. It is amazing
1: it's... and it would have been an absolute tragedy had it just gone because it's such an iconic swim. Yeah, I agree.
0: So do you, do you know much about the history of it? Because I don't. I know that it started in Bondi and, and you said you'd swum it in Bondi.
1: Yeah, which was obviously a while ago. Um, my understanding was a gentleman called Graham Cole was the founder and he is no longer with us and his sons run it in his memory. I hope that's correct. I hope I have that information right. I believe he has two sons and they are the ones that wanted to continue the legacy. Um, It may have started in the same way that most of the ocean swims started. I think it was probably a group of friends who swam regularly at the beach and they probably said, let's have a competition one Sunday. And it probably started from there, I think, Uh, and probably in conjunction with the club that they were a member of, which is the Bondi. Um, bathers, clay club or surf life saving or whatever you want to call it over there, yeah. So, and then I think it grew and grew from them, and from memory, that was probably in the maybe late 80s, mid-90s, I would say. I was probably swimming it then, I think, yeah. So, it's certainly been around for a while, yeah. And the continuity we've continued is, is still liaising with the Cole family. Um, it was very important to them that, that, that it was still run in a similar fashion. It didn't become a really commercial enterprise and, and the plates you may have seen the plates that they give out at the prize um, they their handmade ceramic plates and we've continued that style trophy because that was obviously very important to them that that there was some kind of continuity to how it had been one before so yeah we're of course very happy to work with them to keep um, making it a successful event and so that it doesn't die away yeah
0: yeah I love those plates not that I'm ever going to Mm, receive one but (laughs)
1: everyone loves the plate (laughs) and some of our members one of our members actually Denise Elder was one of the very first women in New South Wales to complete her bronze medallion which is our surf life-saving qualification she has so many she wins nearly every year her age group as she's gone up through the age groups and um yeah, what a, what an amazing thing to have on collection of
0: them. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's yeah, and and, mm-hmm. and and so are you going to get in the water anytime soon again?
1: I'm hoping so. I'm coming back from a bit of an injury um, from a couple of years back. I've had a little bit of a. Uh hip replacement, and one more on the way, and then, yeah, next season I should be totally back, which would be great.
0: Oh, that's good. so what, swimming's
1: pretty good. It, it, you can do it for most injuries, you know. It's a pretty good rehab for most things. So I think that's why so many people,
0: you know, do it as a
1: goal because it, it's hard for a lot of people to take up running, but with swimming you can get a coach and you can become relatively good at swimming in a relatively short amount of time, I believe, yeah.
0: And I think once you get over the anxiety of being mm. off the coast which is a legitimate anxiety but once you, once, once you kind of can push through that you you can take your time it is a safe especially the 1k coal it's not too yeah bumpy. oh
1: it's absolutely beautiful i mean ocean swimming is something that society needs more of because yeah, you know, everybody wants you to meditate and be mindful but if you're in the ocean that's exactly what you are you know you're aware of your conditions and you're thinking about your swim and that's all you're really thinking about you're not on your phone, you're not looking at a screen, you're not worrying about that week at work. You're literally just right in that zone, in the ocean, in the element, enjoying the swim. And I think that's why so many people get so many benefits from it. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Did everybody return their timing chips and, uh, you know, all that sort of thing? (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I think we had one lost on the way over and I think we had a couple dropped on the way back. But, um, yeah, all all returned all safe and sound, uh, as were all our swimmers, which is very important. Yeah, so water safety is a huge key for us in this event and it really draws on all of our resources to have IRB drivers, IRB crew, jet ski drivers, people on boards, people with tubes, um, and that pretty much takes up all our qualified members. Anybody who is qualified to do water safety, we want them in the water, which means we really have to draw on other members and other people in the community to do more, uh, you know, the tasks that are on the land basically. So, um, collecting timing chips, as you said, we would put all them, uh, take them off everyone's legs and put them in a bucket. We had um, obviously a cap collection there that was going on, we had people handing out fruit. One of our generous sponsors donated all the fruit making sure everyone's had water, um, here are first aid staff at both ends, checking over people. I mean, the bag drop itself is a massive, massive logistic exercise and two of our members just took that on. They'd never done it before and they said, we'll, we'll devise a system, we'll make it work look after 3,000 bags, and yeah, you know, wow. make sure they all get back to the right people. That, that's a really big thing, you know, um, and that security. So, yeah, people really stepped up. I was amazed and, and, and everyone worked so well together and credit to our event director who his whole idea is to empower people to make decisions for themselves. So if somebody needs something, we all just pitch in and do it. And if somebody says, I think this is a good way to do it, we just support them and say, yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. Let's go ahead and do that. So a lot lot of, lot less committee meetings and a lot more just empowering people to say, right, you're running this, you get the right people, you do it the way you want to do it, and it'll be a success. And then, of course, we've had feedback. We've had a lot of um, you know, debrief and feedback meetings because that's the only way we're going to get better.
0: Yeah. Well, given the amount of volunteers, it actually, it, it feels right that it's run by the surf club as opposed to a corporation trying to make a profit out of mm.
1: it. Yeah, I think I think people really felt that too. Um, I think in the past some people have felt it to become a little bit corporate perhaps and I think people don't like giving their money. You know, swim fees are becoming more and more expensive like everything else in society but it's really lovely when you give it to a, a club where you know it's going to charity or you know it's basically going to support surf education which really all these people who swim want that. They want to be safe in the water and they want to know they can go to their local surf beach and have people looking out for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and did, did you work with North Stain and Freshwater? Because I know for the 5K, that that goes all the way up the no, beach. No,
1: that was all our members, that yeah.
0: Was, right, so that's a fair, yeah. we that's may a fair have footprint. Had,
1: um, we may have had one or two of their IRBs, assistants, and we did have, obviously, the council and the council lifeguards 100% on board. They make the call on where the course is going to run on the morning, uh, and as you're aware, this particular year it did have to run the other way. Yeah, you know, we weren't We weren't finishing where we thought we were going to um, and that's made by the lifeguards on the day depending on the conditions and we do use the resources of the council's jet skis. Jet skis are you know, an incredible resource. You, you can get someone out of trouble to have them hold onto your board but to actually get them back to shore it's so much more efficient to use a jet ski. So yeah we do rely on them for those um, those things but yeah all the rest was our members. So lots of cajoling. We have a really diverse member base and a lot of them don't even use Facebook or social media. So there's a lot that you, you can't just put out a post and say, hey, we need somebody on Sunday from ten till two. You have to really chase people down in person, attend training sessions, go to board meetings, follow up Life members. And a lot of Life members are absolutely thrilled to be involved, but they might just want to help, you know, filling up water bottles, or cutting up sandwiches. Yeah. But everyone's got a skill and for me, my main goal is that if you want to volunteer, I want you to do it when it fits you and in the role that you like doing it and preferably with the people that you like being with. So there's absolutely no point in me saying to them, you know, oh, you, I need you in an IRB at one o'clock when their kids are playing water polo and they say, look, I can only do nine till 10. I say, great, come down then. Or I don't really like being on a board. I only want to hold a tube or, you know, I'm not comfort- comfortable speaking to people. I don't want to be up front. Okay, fine. You can do something like that. And that really works especially on three weekend in, in a row, you know, to get people to come back after that third, second weekend to come and do something on the third weekend. They really have to be happy volunteering and feeling rewarded because it is, it's super rewarding, obviously, and having even having the T-shirts, those really beautiful bright blue T-shirts, which we're seeing all over Manly now, um, you know, really made people feel part of a crew and really, really, made it easy for competitors to approach them and ask questions because they were really visible, I felt, um, and we'll definitely be continuing that next year because that, that was great to be part of that sort of blue army. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was great. And so how mm. does it work with the council? Because with something like the City to Surf, the council literally mm-hmm. has to close a road or lots of roads, mm-hmm. but you don't have to close the ocean, do you? How does that actually
1: no, work? No, no, that's right. So, yeah, the, the council... Um, so the two events have previously been run together by Fairfax. So there's the Sun Run, which occurs on the Saturday morning, and then the Coal Classic, which is uh, on the Sunday. And while we were, they both were released from Fairfax. We were working together. The council particularly took over the Sun Run, so they were able to close the roads from Dy to Manly and use their staff and and um, you know, use their facilities to to run that successfully. But with the Coal Classic, as you say, they don't have a lot of over the ocean, other than that, their lifeguards are protecting people and making those final decisions, which is the lifeguards particularly run the beach every weekend when we're on patrol. You know, they have a higher authority than we do as volunteers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if there's
1: ever an incident, they're always involved, which is good.
0: Yeah, and so that's interesting. So the Sun is a separate a separate event it's now? It's now
1: pretty much a separate event, yeah. That's really a Northern Beaches Council run event now. And then mainly Life Saving Club is just running the uh, Cold Classic. We didn't want to run the Sun Run. That's not really part of our core sort of area. We really, you know, obviously for Life Saving Clubs, the main thing is safety on the beach and encouraging people to swim between the flags, you know, training up our younger members. Our Nipper program, you know, is a massive success. Um, really popular, but, and the Nippers and Open and Masters itself do compete, but that's not our main focus. Our main focus is education and saving lives on the beach. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so what's hmm. the what's the future of the swim? You're not going to turn it into a triathlon or something? What, what uh, What's the future? No,
1: I don't think so. I think definitely next year we'll just be building on the successes of this year. Um, for us, logistically, it's going to be a, a lot easier because we know what worked and what didn't work. Um, there was nothing significant, I think, that we needed to change, um, probably just more communication earlier. Um, And now we do have that database that will make life a lot easier too, um, getting things into place a bit earlier and knowing sort of those timelines. Yeah. Um, And having the right people in the right roles. I think most people who took on a role this year were happy to step up and do it again next time or we have identified roles where we could have put uh, qualified people sort of more, once again, back into water safety where we need our, our qualified members and then trying to get more people to run there the other land tasks for example a bag drop could be run by you know a number of people so long as they had the right blueprint and the right information was all written down for them to do that so lots of documentation yeah like like running you know a small business or or a big business you know once it's all written down and there's a plan and people can follow it you, they're not always coming back to you, which
0: is important. Yeah, well, I mean, as a participant, I mean, I did the 5K, so I was there kind of early, but mm. uh, mm-hmm. I thought it had a good vibe. And obviously mm. I had no issues logistically or anything like that, except for mm. getting there because it's manly. But apart from yeah. that... Yeah, <laughs> welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a um, About Apart from that, I think that it... No, there's no car parking. It it seemed to run pretty smoothly on the day. The the only difference I found with it is that it's really long. Like The the last wave's not going off till almost midday. It's a really big, long event. We've
1: definitely had that feedback from a number of competitors. Interestingly, we did actually... The last wave left earlier this year than it did last year. So even though it felt really late, it actually had always become quite a late swim. And I know that this year they had decided to move the elite wave to the last wave, which is quite different to a number of swims uh, elsewhere. And I think you know, that, that was vocalised as well by some of those people, only because when they entered, they expected to be competing at the beginning of their time slot for their particular swim, and it wasn't. It was towards the end. So that, that was a reason made by in conjunction with the timing people and, and to create a spectacle for them swimming and finishing at Manly. But unfortunately, that didn't work out this year when everyone finished back at Shelley, So um, that was done for that reason, but it didn't didn't happen out like that this year, but hopefully next year it will. I mean, ideally, we'd always love to have it finishing at Manly and having everyone come in and enjoy all the facilities and barbecue and music and everything at the end and presentations all at the end right there. And then everyone else staying around and watching the elites finish would be the goal. But um, nature has her way. So <laughs>
0: she won on the day. Yeah, and I mean, a long event. that's kind of a victim of your own success, really. There's not much you can do mm. unless you start everything really early, and that—that's probably not yeah. ideal either. So and
1: logistically, that can make for a really long day for everyone as well, too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there, there's a couple of couple of things around colours of caps and and wave times. I think there was a late change in perhaps the two K that did cause a, a little bit of confusion. So once again, we want to make sure that's really clear next year just that really clear communication so like I said when everyone's anxious same as you you know they've, they've come to Manly they've had trouble maybe getting a park they're anxious that they're going to miss their time etc um is when that's when you just need to have everything really clear and really calm and that everyone exactly knows where they need to be and I think that's really important for, for people in their enjoyment of the day yeah
0: and so is my crew travel going to branch out and become an ocean swimming organizing event uh, into oh the
1: wow i haven't I haven't thought of that. Um, I'm really doing it in, as I said as a voluntary capacity. I've been a member of Manly for approximately fifteen years. Like many of our members, I became involved when my um, daughter became NIPA, so that would have been in two thousand and five. and not being a person who likes sitting on the sidelines, you know became immediately involved with the NIPA program, became an age manager, um, became a qualified coach uh went through that. She then left the movement when she was 14 and um, i stayed on. I'd already started competing as a master and I haven't grown up in a surf life-saving family at all. Um, definitely a still water Balmoral swimmer and um, a yeah, sailing family. So yeah, it's been amazing. It's been a really fabulous thing to be a part of. So I think the best thing about surf life-saving clubs is that everybody's an equal so you're training or you're participating or working alongside you know, literally anyone and you're all standing there in your swimming costume, exactly the same as an ocean swim. So you've got doctors and lawyers and magistrates and you've got plumbers and tradies and teachers and mums and dads and, and, and even their age range is really fabulous too. So for our younger members, we really, really try and encourage our opens to get really involved and then they might be mentored by other people or they meet life members and the nippers look up and can see that their kids that used to be nippers are now competing and they're, um, you know, really acting as mentors. So I think all of that is just so important in society that, that you're all on the same page and you're part of a club. So,
0: yeah, and that sort of sense of Yeah, so of I literally
1: do it because I love the club and I can tell you I get way more back from it than I put in, <laughs> you know, <Darn> mentally, <laughs> <laughs> emotionally because it's just so rewarding, so rewarding, yeah. And people really appreciate that you put your time in.
0: How many days did it take to recover?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was was probably a pretty big week. I think we we did actually celebrate our successes that evening. I will share that with you. Um, The bar was certainly open. Um, But being clubbies, we probably all left by 9 (laughs) o'clock because (laughs) we wanted to go home and sleep. And I think most people were probably training, if not the next day, definitely by the Tuesday. Most people were back on the beach training. So, yeah, our squad trains at 6 a.m., um at least five days a week and as I said you just had state masters this the last two days so people were had that as a goal in mind so it's the busy end of the season we've had branch carnivals and other east coast masters events so yeah people love their training it's the best way to start the day just absolutely the best way to start the day yeah watching the sunrise and being with your mates yeah
0: Oh, well, i got to say, that that swim was an amazing way to start the day because there was all the bushfire haze as well. Yeah. So some of the colours yeah. and the sun, I mean, it was it was very interesting.
1: Yeah, and a huge shout-out to um, our photographer, Tim Elwyn. We haven't worked with him before. He has um, become a really valued member of our club and he had a couple of – in light of what I was just saying before, he actually took on one of our member's sons who's only 14 or 15 who has an interest in photography – and um, had the drones and had all the photos going. Um, and, yeah, I mean, his photos are incredible. So his company name is Urban Ripples, so he's on urbanripples.com. And that I think that really captured it. I think that's really important for a lot of competitors to say, hey, I did this, and look, here's a picture of me doing it, you know. Yes. Everybody lives for their social media, you know, like travelling and the Insta generation. So some of those colours and cap colours and yellow boards and fluoro rashies, they really, yeah, they really pop. They look amazing. Oh, they, mm.
0: they were amazing. And drone footage, mm. I and mean, that's a very new thing, but it's very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it always takes quite a lot of um, getting it all through council and you know, with North Head
0: and... Of course, you need the, the permission to well, fly. Yeah, you know, then
1: you can't just pop a drone up whenever you feel like it. You do have to go through all the right channels. So I wasn't involved with that, but I know that they did have to do a fair bit of prep work to make
0: that happen. Yeah. there's an There's an aspect of event organising most people probably haven't thought of, you can't, you know, you've got to get permission from the uh, the aviation authorities to yeah, put a drone up to absolutely. take
1: photos. Yeah, we're we're limited um, as a club to how many large events we can hold at Manly because Manly Council, or, which is now Northern Beaches Council, already has a number of events. Um, for example, I think two weeks ago I was down there, there was the Volleyball Fest on in the volleyball courts at North Day. Then you came down a little further and the Manly Inflatable Boat Race, which is hysterical, also running from Shelley to Manly, everybody in inflatable crafts, all in fancy dress, was running there. And then you came around to the wharf side and there was the end of the bridge-to-beach um, surf-ski paddle. So people had all started in Kirribilli and paddled to Manly. And they were all in Manly on the same day, on a Sunday, with normal number of tourists, normal patrols, normal nippers normal cricket going on in the overall. It was all going on. So, yeah, we can't run anymore. I, I believe we're already at our sort of quota for how many large events we can run. Yeah, sure.
0: wow.
1: That might be five or something like that, yeah. So, yeah, just more of the same but and more successful and more people being happy and being involved. I think the 1K definitely encouraging those people who haven't done an Ocean Sim before. Like you say, it's the ideal one to start with. You can see the bottom the whole way. You know you're going to be really supported Um, your friends and family can watch from that sort of walkway all the way along which is great often a lot of ocean swims go right out to sea and and your friends and family can't really see what's going on so i think that's a nice nice part of it and people being able to do um do that together with their friends yeah and then i think we're keeping that 5k too because there aren't as many longer swims in sydney you would know being a 5k swimmer i think it's really important to offer that to people who love that um, more endurance event, for sure.
0: I think it's a good, it's a, it's a tough distance, but it's a good distance. I know the Cole offered, I think it was a 9K a few years ago. I can't remember where they it started, did. but it finished at Shelley. They
1: did. Yeah, they
0: did. But I wondered if Once that was again, just too much. I think much. that was a
1: time frame thing too. Um, I know a number of people that trained for that. I know it was a good event when it ran, but it's just the logistics having, having people tied up for that amount of time then took away from the numbers we could accept for the other events. And I think it's important to have those other events.
0: Yeah, that's right. And a different well. location, right? Because right? it started mm. somewhere else.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it did start off DY or South, South Curl Curl, perhaps. Past, yeah, I think it went from South Curl Curl, past Freshwater, all the way along Queenscliff and North Stain, Manly, and then finished at Shelly. Actually, there is another event coming up in a few weeks from Palm Beach to Shelley. We're not involved in that, but... Out of interest, that's a quite a long
0: swim. I have heard <laughs> I think of that. That's, that's... One of Australia's longest endurance swim, from what I believe. Yeah. I think so. That's uh, mm,
1: twenty twenty two k something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was that, That's actually organised by Tim, Barrett, uh, Tim Garrett, who was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, um,
1: it's working because I've heard of it. in fact, someone contacted me from Western Australia the other week asking if I could help organise some um, assistance crew and boats and paddlers, etc. So, okay. Uh, the very famous Shelley who who is a a very good friend of Manly Surf Southcott. Oh, right,
0: she, um, okay.
1: Yeah, she she always swims it off when she's here. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I and mean, that'll be an amazing swim, the,
1: the endurance swimming world.
0: <laughs> well. Well, that, that that's way out of my league. That twenty k mm. swim would interesting to see. people Oh, come yeah.
1: In. No, it doesn't appeal to me at all. No. <laughs> As I said, just really being involved with the volunteers and just really encouraging uh, you know, a wide range of people from a diverse amount of backgrounds and really looking after our volunteers for me is super important. We don't want people to leave not feeling fulfilled. And then in, I think when you've got happy volunteers and it all runs smoothly, then you've got a well-run swim and then you've got happy swimmers. And that's what it's all about, really, and people being able to feel that they can be safe and have a great time and enjoy it, and then having room for their family and friends to come and support them is what it's all about for
0: sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm.
1: Mm. And Sorry. it was great meeting you with your recycling. I think that's really important. So I know we'll be doing that again next year too.
0: Oh, I've still got the, some of the caps under my desk, so yes. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> I hope you rinse them. They were getting a bit
0: stinky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're going to need a rinse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much to Simone Hill for taking the time to talk to us about how to organise an ocean swim. If you'd like any more information on anything you've heard in this episode, for instance on the history of the Cole Classic or Simone's work, get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. My name's Mark West. I'll catch you next time on The Pod.